Oh Lord, we come before you and we praise you today. That you love us and we thank you right now that you love our loved ones. Those who right now are not here, those who are lost, those who are confused, those who are dying. We know that you love them, even wherever they are. Lord, we lift them up to you right now. We pray for a moving of their hearts and their spirits and their minds toward you. We pray and we claim them into the kingdom of the love of God. We claim them into the peace, the comfort through Jesus Christ. We pray that his sacrifice was not in vain for their lives. But they will accept it, therefore receive eternal life. Father, we thank you for your love that you gave your son. And right now, we pray right now for Caleb, this 15-year-old boy. Say that there's a growth on the right side of his brain. We lift up Caleb to you right now in the name of Jesus. And we come against this growth. Whatever it may be, we command it to leave this boy's brain right now and to leave his mind. And we thank for healing him and touching him whole. And that this young man, Caleb, will live and not die. And we just declare a miracle working in his body right now, right now. Now is the time in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray for Miss Giselle. We just ask you, Father, to save her and heal her. You know her situation. You know who she is. And we thank for moving on her behalf. By the power of your spirit. Lord, we pray for those who are here today that have needs, whatever the needs may be. We thank for healing bodies right now by the power of the Holy Spirit, which is present to heal, to set free, to minister hope and life to those in captive. We worship you and we praise you right now for miracles all over this room, all over this auditorium, this property, even the foyers, the Sunday schools, the nurseries. We praise you for your divine healing. Lord, we thank you for protecting our royal rangers as they're camping and the men that are with them. We just plead the blood of Jesus over their health and no sickness, no disease can come down. Thank you for keeping them healthy and strong. We just praise for them having a wonderful time. We bless each and every one here in the precious name of Jesus. Would you turn to the person next to you? Just hug their neck and shake their hand. Tell them, I'm glad you're here and I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. How many know the Lord is good? The Lord is good. Glory to God. Welcome back. Hallelujah. We're so glad you're here. Thank you for coming that we can come together and worship the Lord and bless His holy name. Uh, I want to thank you for coming. Thank you for whatever sacrifice you may have made. I tell you, I was watching and I remember the days of uh, having the car seats. You know, we have three boys, so we went through the time with the car seats. And I saw some of the mothers as I look out always in this morning. You know, the trouble, get your children ready, get them in the vehicle, get them over here, get them out, get them to the church, get them in Sunday school and nursery. And I tell you what, can we just give all the moms and dads a big hand? God bless you. I know you're tired. I know it's a lot of work, 
But thank you for investing into your babies and your children's life. Train up a child in the way he should go, and he will not depart. So I want to bless you. And thank you for all the grandmothers, everyone who's made the effort to pack their kids up and pack up bottles and bags and diapers and everything that you did. The Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Why are you blessed? Hallelujah. Even though LSU lost, how many know Jesus is Lord? Amen. Hallelujah. I wanted to see how many would come with their uh, uh, purple and yellow on this morning. I don't see anybody with purple and yellow on. Hallelujah. Huh? Oh, you you see them? Oh, we still love them. Okay. We still love them. Amen. Hallelujah. We've got to pray for them. Hallelujah. How many know the other team? They're the ones who had the scriptures under their eyes, huh? Uh, so we've got to pray for their salvation. But we're glad you're here and we bless you in the precious name of Jesus. I want to share something with you. First Samuel chapter 16. And as you're looking at First Samuel chapter 16, uh, I see Scott back there. Is Rhonda in here? Rhonda? Would you stand up, please? This is uh, the Lynch's last Sunday with us. I tell you, they have been with us for me, for years, almost from the beginning, and they have, they're such a wonderful couple. If you've ever met a couple with the gift of hospitality, this family has it. And they're moving to Georgia. This will be their last Sunday. And uh, we, we had a going away Friday night, and then they had some things yesterday. But uh, we're going to miss them, and we love them, and I know you know who they are. So can we give them a hand? Just show them one more time. We love them, and we They're moving to Georgia, and we really hate to see them go. I tell you, uh, they're your faith. They're your faithful, an example of faithfulness, and we're going to miss them so much. And we love y'all. And even though they're moving to Georgia, they're still members here. And thank God for the internet. Hallelujah! And Scott helped do so much and help us get where we are. So we're just thankful for them. First Samuel chapter sixteen, verse thirteen. It says, and Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. How I many you know in the midst of those who mock you and tell you that you cannot make it, God anoints you and sets you apart for his glory. For those who think you are not even in the mind of God, he'll set you in the middle and anoint you and bless you. And he anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And look what it says, and the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. And, and I love the Living Bible. It says, and the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. But listen to the message. It says, the Spirit of God entered David like a rush of wind. And this is how the Hebrew really says it. Like a rush of wind. God empowering him for the rest of his life. David was 16 years old, and how many know he messed up a lot in the days ahead, but the Spirit of God remained upon him for the rest of his life. But I want you to see that part where it says the Spirit of God came upon him. That word came means that the Spirit of God broke upon him. It came from the presence of God, broke through the heaven and came upon him, and it means it invaded his life. It came to consume and it came as a wind, a symbol of his power. But the wind came into his life and it sometimes the Spirit of God will come upon your life and cause a storm. Your life will be wrecked, your desires, many things that you are holding up important will be wrecked so that the anointing will come into first place. It means the supernatural power of God will come to modify and alternate and to transform us into the people of God. 
Now this word, the spirit, means the breath, which means intimacy, companionship, warmth with someone. It means the breath of a mother. How many of you ever see a mom hold its baby when it's sleeping or feeling bad and they rest its cheek upon that baby's head and just rub its head? Or maybe you remember your mom doing that to you or you did it to your kids. Well, that's what that word, the Spirit of the Lord came was that there was a closeness that God, Jesus, He put His lips upon your lips when you accepted Him as Savior and Lord. And the same lips of God that blew into the lips of Adam who was made out of clay is the same lips that when you confess Christ Jesus, as Lord, he put his lips upon your lips and he blew the spirit of life within you and the spirit of God invaded on the inside of you and every curse and everything that the enemy would try to bring against you and everything written against you, the ordinances of your sins and your mistakes that were written against it. The word of God says that Jesus nailed it upon the cross forever, that the spirit of God could come upon you and stay upon you for the rest of your life. You've not been born again just to travel in a weak, insignificant way, but not only in the midst of your brothers and those who said you'll never make it, but in the midst of all of hell and every demon, every demonic force, all of heaven and all of earth and all of hell, the Spirit of God says, I've come upon you. I rest upon you. I've invaded your life. And when you're going through a hard time, when you feel like you're about ready to give up and just quit, you need to just raise your hands and I thank you, Lord, that the Spirit that came upon David, that caused him to dance, the Spirit that came upon David to cause him to kill the giant, the Spirit that came upon David, that caused him to slay the lion and the bear, is the Spirit of God that's upon me now that rises up and invades into my family, to my marriage, and my finances, in every area of my life right now, even in the midst of sickness and disease. It's the Spirit of God that's living that I blow that closest and they're refreshing. And it speaks about the closest that comes from one's body heat to another. God is not a God who is afar off from you. He is so close that you can feel the heat of the presence of of the Holy Spirit. You can feel the presence of God when you're laying down, when you're rising up, when you're going forward. And it's the Spirit of God that the Word of God promises that will lift the burden to destroy the yokes. So I want you to receive, as the Spirit came upon David, I want you to receive the Spirit to come upon you. The Spirit of God, the anointing of God to come upon you and refresh you this day and bless you this day. And anoint you this day. That you leave from this place as David left from the presence of that prophet. That you leave from the presence of God today freshly anointed with fresh oil. That you and your family, your child, your baby, whatever they may be going through right now. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, may the Spirit of the Lord invade every part of their stem, cell, their stem cells, their, their brain, their cells, their, their muscles, every part of their body, the left side of the body of that baby. In the name of Jesus, we claim the power of the Holy Spirit of God to come upon the brain of that precious baby that's been dedicated to the glory of God. And that baby shall use the left side of his body and he shall live normal and he shall live a normal life. And they shall see that baby move in ways it has not moved. We claim the invading, powerful, demonstrated power of the Most High God to come within that child, raise it up and cause it to be whole in the precious name of Jesus. We pray over the businesses. We pray over the fairs. We pray over 
over the marriages. We pray over the lives. We pray over the hopes. We pray over the dreams. We pray over the administration of the United States of America. We pray over our nation. We pray over our soldiers and their moms and dads and loved ones who are suffering for the loss of loved ones today. We pray over that situation in the Middle East. We pray against the spiritual warfare, against the believers of the Word of God and the believers of Quran. We pray the peace of God that passes understanding to take control of our hearts and minds today and bless and refresh and revive and heal. We believe in the Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It's the Spirit that raises and blesses and refreshes and invades every part of our lives that everyone be reformed and changed into the likeness of Christ. And to you, Christ Jesus, we give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Can you give the Lord a hand? Ushers, would you come forward? Hallelujah. We want to pick up the tithes and offerings and the building fund project. We want to bless you. We want to thank you for being here. We want to thank you for sowing seeds. And I want you to know, I believe this morning that the seeds you sow is breaking ground. It's not only being planted, it's breaking ground. It's breaking curses off of you. It's breaking curses off of this region. I just believe in the name of Jesus, we're going to see a demonstration of the outpouring of God and a revival in your life like never before. So right now, I thank you that even as Christ cried out and the rocks quaked and broke, I believe there's a quaking and a breaking of your seed as it's being sowed now and the blessings of God be sprouted up in a harvest abundantly as he promised in Jesus name God bless you
this and see It's gonna be worth it It's gonna be worth it It's gonna be worth it all And I don't understand your ways Oh, but I will give you my song I'll give you all my praise You alone to all my pain And within you are pulling me closer And pulling me into your ways So now around that
How about now? Oh, boy, I tell you. Boy, these things, they ought to make them easier than that for us country boys. Hallelujah. Well, anyway, how about that? How'd you like that music? Amen. Well, we're going to talk about the house of blues turning into the house of praise. Come on now. Amen. You know, I, I, I was wondering after what happened last night in the game, I was wondering if this message wasn't supposed to be because of after LSU losing. How many ever get the blues? And I want to talk to you about part of the fruit of the Spirit, which is the next one we're going to touch on is endurance. But one of the biggest enemies to endurance is the blues or depression. And we want to combat depression today. You know, I heard about this fellow. He was sitting at the bar and he was sitting there looking at a drink. And this truck driver came in and walked up to him and hit him on the back, grabbed his drink and just, just drunk it down. And the little fellow just put his head down and started crying. And so the truck driver felt bad and says, come on, I didn't mean to make you cry. Stop crying. He says, you don't understand he said, my alarm clock didn't go off and I got, I was late to work and my boss chewed me out and fired me. I went to get in my car to leave the job that I used to work at and my car had been robbed. So we called the police and the police came and said they couldn't help me. So I got a taxi to take me home. And when I got to the house, I realized my wallet was in the car that got stolen. So I didn't have any money to pay the cab. And when I walked in the house, I found a note. Then my wife left me. And so I came down here and the last hope was I put poison in the drink and you came and drunk the drink. So now, <laughs> how many of you know that's a bad day? huh? But I want to talk to you about some issues about depression, about having the blues. And one of the things I want to share with you is that one thing you hear from the hero, you see in the heroes of faith in the Bible, they were able to rejoice and believe God even before the circumstances had changed. And that's where endurance comes in. You have to endure through it to get out of it. And that's not always easy to do, but that's why I want to give you some, some nuggets today to help you. Because when you're going through it, that's when you feel like you're just going through it, and I'll never get out of it. It'll never change for me. But I want to promise you it will. I mean, just because LSU lost last night, how many went and burnt all your caps and all your T-shirts and all your stuff? Anybody? Chris, you went burn it? You burned it all, huh? You burned it all. Didn't want it no more. But how many of you didn't? Just because they lost, you didn't. Well, isn't it something that year after year you can keep on rooting for the Saints and LSU and for your team? And even though they lose or they have a losing season, you're still for them again next season. But when it comes to your marriage or your job or your healing, you're ready to give up on it like that. You can endure till next season and say, they'll do better next season, but you can't believe that you'll have a better anniversary next year. Yeah, he ruined it this year, or she ruined it this year, or mother-in-law ruined it every year. <laughs> but there's a new year coming. Somebody shout out, there's a new year coming. So you'll get through it, and you're going to get out of it. And what I want you to see, while well, we've been sharing Galatians 5.22, but the Holy Spirit produces. Somebody shout out, produces. 
this kind of fruit in our lives, and I want you to just... The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives to get us out of the blues. He produces what? Love, joy, peace, which is patience and endurance. And so, how, how many today... You're believing God for a mate. Just raise your hand. How many in here are believing God for a mate? Raise them real high. Let me see. Raise them real high. You're believing God for a mate. Okay, I know there's more than this. I know there's more than this, but that's all the brave ones. But you know, if you're believing God for a mate, what God wants to show you is you're going to have to endure until God manifests the right person in your life. If you're believing God for your marriage to be restored, you're going to have to endure. Let the Holy Spirit of God produce an endurance in you that you're going to get through these trying times and get out of these trying times and you're going to have the marriage of your dream. You know, so many people are quick to come and they go, Pastor, my marriage is cursed. Well, tell me why. We're fighting. Well, let me ask you this. Me and my wife got, had a knockdown drag out last week. Is our marriage cursed? Oh, no. No, y'all's marriage is not cursed. Is, is there any other marriages fighting right now? Well, yeah, everybody has a little fight here and there. Does that mean their marriages are cursed? Well, I guess not. So it doesn't necessarily mean your marriage is cursed. There's just some key issues to work on and learn in the area of, uh, of endurance. Depression wants to come in because can I continue to believe God that my child's going to change? Can I continue to believe that something's going to happen in my children? Something's going to happen in my marriage? And so, so many times we understand the Bible says through faith and what? Patience. We what? Inherit the promises. Say that with me. Through faith and patience. Through faith and patience. We inherit the promises. Now watch this. I love this scripture. This scripture... Man, I was so excited. This scripture is for somebody in here. I knew it. I know it is. Psalms 37, 7. Be still in the presence of the Lord. And look what it says. And wait patiently for Him to act. Come on. To act. Wait patiently for Him to act. Can you imagine what the pressure Moses was under when he stood at the Red Sea and he had 3,000 people crying and moaning and whining? He had all of Pharaoh and all the chariots coming after them and he was standing there and God says, I just want you to raise your stick and just wait patiently for me to act. And it says all that night God worked on the sea to raise it up on his side so they could walk in through on dry land. Say that with me. Wait patiently for God to act. Wait patiently for God to act. Now, let me give you a definition of the word patience here. It means the powerful capacity of selfless love to suffer long under adversity. It is the noble ability to bear with either difficult people or adverse circumstances without breaking down. You may be saying, man, I feel like I'm getting ready to have a breakdown. Then you need to understand right now, Lord, Holy Spirit, I ask you to produce the the, the spirit and the fruit of endurance. I'm not going to have a breakdown in the name of Jesus. And it says the ability to cope with people. So many times we start praying people out of our life. And God has allowed those people come into our life so that we could see the fruit grow in our life so that we are able to cope with them and endure through these things. It means 
tolerate those intolerable. It means a generous willingness to try to understand the awkward people or disturbing events that our Father allows to enter into our lives. You know anybody who's awkward? It means over and beyond all these, patience is the powerful attribute that enables a man or a woman to remain steadfast under strain and not just standing still but pressing on. It is love, gracious, self-giving, pressing on, enduring hardship because of the benefit it will bring to others. Our endurance is going to bring benefit to those around us. It's going to bring benefit to those we're praying with, those that we are loving, those that we are encouraging. And, and so I want you to see here a few scriptures as we go through, through this today. Psalms 118 verse 1. We're going to study a few things in this chapter that King David used to get out of the issues there that at hand. And it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. For His mercy, what? Endures forever. You see, endurance is a fruit of the Holy Spirit and it's an attribute of God. But it starts off by saying here, now listen church, because I shared with you, what we found in the Old Testament and throughout the Bible, people started believing God and they believed that they were going to get out of the situation they were in before circumstances started changing. That's what faith is. And I want you to see here that David didn't say, my kingdom is good, my car is good, my family is good, my marriage is good. No, what you got to understand about endurance, there is a divine focus. There is a steadfast look in our eyes through the eyes of faith that even though the circumstances, the person, the people, the situation has not changed, there's an endurance inside of me that you, you are not this circumstance and whatever is pressing on me through these people are not going to change me, but I'm going to endure and see that the Spirit of Christ and the anointing upon my life is going to end up changing and influencing them for the glory of God. Amen. Because we're not quitters. Amen. But you got to concentrate. God is good. The Lord is good. Not about my circumstances, but God is good. No matter what occurs, God is always good. And everything He does is good. Now, I don't know if you watched Hillsong last night. I was watching uh, the brother preach there from Australia. And there was this young lady. She was given a testimony. Her dad was kidnapped. And she said they were in the living room. As the kidnappers were making known the ransom to let their daddy go. And so after they talked to the kidnappers and the police are trying to investigate to try to find out where this family's, this lady's husband and the children's dad is. They start putting worship on. And here's this wife sitting in the living room and she's reading the Psalms and she's listening to the worship and the kids are crying because dad's being held for ransom. And you know what this mother does in the middle of the living room? She gets up and she starts dancing. The mother starts dancing. Not because she's happy that they got her husband. I know some here would start, thank God he's, thank God in Greyhound he's gone. But no. 
She started dancing and praising God. Lord, I praise you that you're good. I praise you that you never leave me or forsake me or my husband. And even in this circumstance, even though he may be abducted and he may be being held by these captives, I'm going to praise you in the storm. I'm going to praise you before the circumstances change. I'm going to dance before you before my husband's even brought back to me because I believe that you are our God and you're going to bring them back. Now, how many of you know that's the type of spirit, that's the type of faith that's the type of endurance that will cause things to change around amen so she started dancing before it changed and david said in psalms 23 verse 6 surely goodness somebody shout out goodness goodness and mercy shall that's future shall follow me all the days of my life can i hear an amen shall follow me all the days of of my life. So I want you to see in Psalms 118. We were reading. Let Israel now say. His mercy endures forever. You know Israel is the church. So let the church say. His mercy endures forever. It says let the house of Aaron now say. His mercy endures forever. What I want to share with you about the house of Aaron. Is the house of Aaron speaks of those who enter. And live in the presence of God. Because of the mercy of God. When David wrote that, he could see the stream of mercy flowing from Adam all the way through eternity. A stream of mercy that's available, a fountain that's available for anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord for mercy to come, for you to better live in their pre- in the presence of God. And then he goes on to say, and let those who fear the Lord now say that his mercy endures forever. But I started thinking, you know, the uh, singles got together last night and I went up to some of the singles and I said, you know, I can just see that this single, this divorce recovery group, means that you need to learn to laugh, to live, and to love again. And I wrote that down for him. I said, you need to learn to live, to laugh, and to love again. And so many people give up on their dreams. And as I was reading this, let the church now say his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say his mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord now say that his mercy endures forever. I, I just want to say, let those who are believing God for a mate say the, his mercy Endures forever. Come on, say it with me. All those who believe in God for a mate. Come on. Now, how many of you know Beyonce says, let the single women say. Let all the women, let all the ladies say. How, how does she, what does she say? Let all the single ladies. Let, ooh, 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 let all the single ladies. Let all the single ladies. How many of you know Beyonce? I know you don't know who Beyonce is. You know who Beyonce is. She says, let all the single ladies. Well, let all the single ladies say, His mercy endures forever. Now let all the single men say, His mercy endures forever. Now let all the married people who are going through a rough time right now say, His mercy endures forever. Let all the parents say, His mercy endures forever. David keeps saying, you've got to keep focusing. Because so many times, you know, it's so easy just to settle down and just want to quit. But how many know the person who quits isn't going to be the person who goes through or gets out of whatever circumstance they're in? So we've got to understand his mercy endures forever. Now, let me give you the definition of mercy here. Are you ready? It means a driving to it means a driving compassion. A driving compassion to give. And to give until it's too good to be true. Write that down. It's a driving compassion to give 
and to give until it's good to, to, it's too good to be true. And then swear in your own blood to prove you're not lying. That's what the word mercy there means. A driving compassion to give and to give until it's too good to be true. And then swear in your own blood to prove that you're not lying so they can believe and receive. It means steadfast love. It means goodness, devotion, favor, and strength. It means to be full of eager earning to restore and to give oneself totally and all that you have to someone who has nothing. Let me share with you. The Word of God says, ladies, that you will win your husband by the way you live. In other words, when you pray, the mercy of the Lord endures forever. You are willing to give totally, even though someone has nothing right now to give you back. Why don't you love me back? Why don't you encourage me back? I want to share something with you. The Lord has given you a revelation to endure that through your enduring, your mate, your children are going to be changed by your endurance. Endurance is also in favor of the opposing force. You're living with someone or you're working with someone. Your children are acting in a way that it just seems like it's totally impossible to be able to put up with it. But it says here that the mercy of the Lord is that you are totally giving yourself even though that person is giving you back nothing in return. That's the word endurance. I want you to see here in Psalms 145, 8 through 9. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all His creation. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The first thing you need to do is you need to just write this down. The Lord is good. And you need to start, you need to write at least five things that is happening or has happened good in your life. You need to write down five things. And if you can think of all the negative things, you need to go back to these five things of to remind yourself about how great God is. You know, I, I don't know why, but Tuesday morning I woke up and when I was in fifth grade, I, I struggled uh, a number of years with an ingrown toenail. And I was in fifth grade. I, it was really bad. It was infected. And my mom and dad couldn't take me to the doctor. And I remember I was outside one summer day and I grabbed the axe head. We didn't have a handle on the axe, but I grabbed the axe head and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to cut this toe off. I was in fifth grade. I'm just going to cut this toe off, but it doesn't have a handle. So I know that it, it's not going to work too good. So I thought I'll get a hammer and I put the axe head on my toe and I'll cut it off. But then I started thinking, you know, that might not work either. And so I finally just threw everything up on the, in the shed and I said, forget it. You know, thank God that I finally got over that. And today I've got 10 toes. And so, and they're not infected. and They're not ingrown. And I got up Tuesday and I don't know why it just came to my mind. I said, Lord, people say they don't have nothing to thank you for. But I thank you I've got 10 toes and I think I got 10 fingers. If I had nine fingers, I thank God I had nine fingers or eight fingers or whatever. But I'm going to praise you. I'll find something to praise God about. And when you start off with the small things and you, the Holy Spirit will remind you of things to say, you see, I've been with you all this time. I didn't leave you, forsake you. I'm not going to abandon you. Just learn to thank Him for it. Thank Him for the family. We've got to practice thankfulness 
in the midst of the storm. Now, I want you to see here for something very important. I want you to write this down. Psalms 118, verse 5. Write this down. I, call, I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. I called upon the Lord in distress. If you're writing that word distress, it is also the word for anguish. And I want you to write this down because you may be at this position right now. The word distress and anguish in the Hebrew right here means I have nothing to my name but the ability to pray. That's how bad David had got. I have nothing to my name but the ability to pray. But because I have the ability to pray, I know that my God is going to raise me out of this place of barrenness and emptiness. And he's going to put me into a place where there's more than enough of everything that I need. Come on, church. That's what David is saying here. I have nothing. I have no shoes. I have no clothes. I have no place to lay my head. I have nothing to do. It's a place of anguish and distress. I don't have a job. The, the bill collectors are calling all the time. People are coming to my house. We're having to keep the blinds down and the lights off. The electricity's turned off. We don't have nothing to eat tomorrow. We don't know what we're going to do about tomorrow. Everything is looking awfully dark. But I come to understand one thing through David. I come to understand that if I will just endure, even though all I have is prayer prayer is enough because the word of God says that anything you ask my father in my name he will give it to you and church somebody once said if it gets to the point to where all you have is prayer then you will finally pray from the heart and when you finally pray from your heart your prayer will get into the heart of God because there's been a lot of talking and there's been a lot of begging but there hasn't been the talk or the speech of a king or a priest before God and when you finally finally get to that point of distress and anguish. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm a, I feel like I'm about to go crazy. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this situation. Then the angels of God start getting ready and start saying, praise God. Now we know they're going to get down to business. They're going to get ready to fight the enemy. They're going to stand on the word of God and their prayer is going to be heartfelt. And James chapter five says the heartfelt prayer of a righteous man or a woman. Avails much. Come on, church. I'm preaching better on, on this house of blues than you are. Come on. You need to shout now. Prayers which trouble you end up troubling the enemy. You ever live in a place of distress? It means confinements, limitations, and stress. Now, this is the definition that he gives. He gives the definition of David. He's murdered Uriah and he murdered some other soldiers. He's lied. He's lost his first child. He married Bathsheba. He's ruined his testimony. He seems like his life and everything is all gone. But all of a sudden he says, wait a minute. God's given me another son and his name is Solomon. And he will rule after me. And he will be known as the wisest man that ever lived. Even in the midst of distress when everything seems like... You didn't even have to try hard and it became a mess. Got to turn around in the time of distress and make it one of the best times of your life. Amen. Now I want you to see here. It says, I called upon the Lord in my distress and the Lord answered me. Write that down. That's the next point. You have to have faith. If you're going to endure, you're going to have to have faith that God is going to answer you. 
You see, if you don't have faith that God's going to answer you, you're not going to have faith to pray. You're not going to have faith to endure. You're going to say, why should I continue? But it says that God answered me and it says he set me free. How many know God wants to set you free and put you in a large place? Now look at verse 6. Now it says, the Lord is on my side. Write that down. If you want to endure, you've got to get these revelations. You've got to get them into your heart as David did. The Lord answered me and the Lord is on my side. And then I want you to see the next few verses. It says, the Lord is for me. Write that down. Psalms 118 verse 7. Say that with me. The Lord is for me. Amen. Is for me. Now, I looked up a few things about the blues music. And I want to just bring out a few things here. It's called the song of the heart. How many of you know we are attracted to what our heart is attracted to? If a child is listening to music that has a lot of anger in it, and you go, sweetheart, that music's not very good. It's got anger in it. Yeah, but I'm not angry. No. Your heart is attracted to what's in it. For example, there's men and women who go, I got married again, and she's just like my last two wives. or He's just like my last two husbands. Well, there's something in your heart that's attracted to the same type of fella. Your heart will go to the, where it's attracted to. It will watch the movies that your heart, the evilness in your heart is attracted to. It will go after the music that's attracted to. It will go after the media that it's attracted to. It will go after whatever your heart is attracted to. And if I could quote from the Southern philosopher, I quoted from his son. Now I want to quote from Hank Williams Jr. Hank Williams Sr. Your cheating heart will tell on you. Well, if you got lying in your heart, it's going to tell on you that you're a liar. If it's got lust in your heart, it's going to tell on you that you're a lustful person. If you're an angry person, it's going to tell on you. Your heart is attracted, and that's why the blues is the type of music that people who talk the blues and live in the blues, and it gets down into their soul, and it's called soul music, and they are able to sing from their soul. David turned around in Psalms 103, and he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. His heart was attracted to God. His heart was attracted to His Word that I hid in my heart. Whatever your heart is attracted to, that's what's going to, your heart is going to be revealed by what it's attracted to and by what it's attracted to listen what it's attracted to will bring you into it and that's what brings depression it's not that you really want it it's the evilness in the heart that wants it and it brings you down in it through the attraction and then it brings the depression and that's why we do not want to go there amen depression is a state of mind Patience comes by believing that there is an answer. Mark 11, uh, Mark 11, 23 says, All things are possible to him that believes. Now look here in 118, 13 and 14. You have pushed me violently that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. Thank you, Lord, that you're my help. Verse 14. The Lord is my strength and song. Somebody shout out. He's my song. 
He's my song. And He has become my salvation. Amen. Now I want you to look at verse 22 and 23. It says, The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Now that word rejected means that nobody wanted it. It was kicked off to the side Totally useless, broken up and thrown away and rejected. And what was rejected was Jesus. But how many of you know he has now become the head cornerstone? And in your darkest hour, it becomes his greatest victory. Because his darkest hour on the cross became our greatest time of victory. So whatever you're going through, he becomes the head of it. Because all the rejection is to help us to keep moving forward and go through it. Psalms 23 says, when I go through, somebody shout out through. When I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Amen. Now look at this. Psalms 118.24. This. Shout, shout out with me. This. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Now I want you to see here that in verse 1 and 1 through 4, it uses the word now four times. And now it says this. This or now is the appointed time of God. There was a prophecy that came to me this week and it says, For it is time, says the Lord, for my intervention in mankind. It is time for my power to be released over religious duty and religious exercise. It is time for the power of the kingdom of God to come forth upon, among my chosen ones. It is time that I will bring great favor to my people. It is time in this season to bring the power of my mighty word to a higher and deeper level than it's ever been before. So rejoice. And again, I say rejoice and continue to rejoice for the manifest presence of the kingdom of God. I would have you enjoy a little heaven right now here on earth in the heavenly manifested presence of God Almighty. And Psalms 27, 13 says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord here in the land of the living. Can I hear an amen? He says, now. Shout it out, now. Now, if we're going to rejoice in God, we've got to rejoice in God right now. This is the day. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. doesn't matter what I see. doesn't matter how I feel. Right now, I'm going to have to rejoice in God. Right now, I'm going to have to glorify God. I'm going to make my mind. I'm going to make my body. I'm going to make my heart get hungry after things. Your children, if you just let them go to the table and let them pick what they want to eat, there's a lot of things they'll never develop a taste for. But if you make them eat the peas, if you make them eat the salad, if you make them eat the things that they don't like they will develop a taste for it I did not like spinach but I was made to eat my spinach and by eating my spinach I developed a taste for it and I will pick it out of my own free will that I want my spinach because I developed a taste for it well that's the way it is with the word of God you may not have a habit of reading the word or going to church every day but God wants you to develop a habit of getting a taste for the word and the spinach and the presence of God and that you better say this is the day that the Lord has made. Amen. Now I want you to see something else to do. Verse 25. O Lord, save us. O Lord, grant us success. Write that down. To endure, you've got to ask God to give you success. You've got to pray that God gives you makes you successful. And you may say, that sounds awfully selfish. Don't listen. How many of you ever heard of the prayer of Jabez? His mama named him Sorrow. Is this wearing out on me? His, his mama named him Sorrow. 
Let me change mics here. Devil's been attacking my throat and everything else because he didn't want me to preach this. But how many know we're preaching it? Amen. Now listen, his mama named him Sorrow. And he said, Lord, if you will grant me success. And the Lord granted it to him. You've got to pray that God is going to make you successful as you're looking for your mate or your marriage is going to be successful. I decree it over you right now. As hard as it is right now in the natural, as much as everything's inside of you telling you it's over, that is a lie in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I decree in the name of Jesus that it's not over, but it's going to get even better, and you're going to have a piece of heaven here on earth because God is going to heal your marriage in Jesus' name. God is going to bring the right mate into your life. God is going to bring your children back into the kingdom. God is going to stir up a hunger inside of you. Amen. Now I want you to see in verse 29. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is what? He is good and His mercy endures forever. That's how we overcome the blues. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, write this down. Thoughts can victimize you. Thoughts can victimize you. There are people who do not even feel like they can endure or even ask God to make them successful or even bless their marriage because they're living under the guilt and the shame of their past. There's many people who are saying, you know what? I'm a divorcee. God can't make me successful. No, you're not a divorcee. You're, you're a daughter and a son of God. You went through a divorce, but you're a daughter of God. You're not a divorcee. Some people say, well, you know what? I'm a murderer. I aborted a, a baby or, or, or two out of my life. No, you, you, you did that, but it's under the blood. You're not a murderer. You're a daughter of the Most High God. But these thoughts go around and around in our head to victimize us and make us feel like we're not worthy. But hallelujah, thank God the devil is a liar. Now I want you to see here in Psalms 34 verse 3. This was sending us wedding. This was on our wedding cards. It says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from how many of my fears? All of my fears. Now, I want you to write the scripture down, and I want you to see that word magnify. And let me show you something, what magnify means. Y'all ready for this? Watch this. Ah, sucky, sucky, sucky. If you're going to endure, you're going to have to learn to to magnify, magnify God and his word and stop magnifying the person, the circumstance, and the problem. If you're going to endure, you're going to have to learn what to magnify. Amen? Now, I looked it up in the dictionary, and you can too. To magnify means to make something appear larger than it really is. If we're going to endure, we're going to have to magnify God and His power bigger than the rebellion of your child. You're going to have to magnify the power of the love of God more the power of resentment 
towards your mate. You're going to have to magnify the spirit of reconciliation greater than magnifying the spirit of separation and divorce. The word magnify means to be capable of increasing the size or apparent size of something. It means to increase the sound. When you magnify something, even the sound is louder. I remember what you told me. You told me you didn't love me anymore. I know what you told me. You told me you were going to do whatever you wanted to do and there was nothing I could do to stop you. I know the doctor said that there was a tumor there and there was no hope. And the enemy would allow your ears to magnify the negative sound of the enemy than magnify the sound of the healing voice of God. Now listen to this. It means, get ready for this. The word magnify means to exaggerate the importance or the effect of something. Now you want to know why people have the blues, I'm telling you right now. You've got the blues because you've been magnifying or exaggerating or amplifying the sign, the sound, and the sight of what you see and what you hear instead of amplifying the promise of God. You want to know why you're depressed? It's because the pain is a lot bigger than the power of God. The name cancer is magnified in the name of Jesus. Recession is magnified in prosperity. Unrest is magnified in peace. And we wonder why we're depressed. The word magnify means to enlarge, to boast, to enhance, to maximize, to increase, to extend, to expand, to amplify, to intensify. When we live intensifying and amplifying the negative things about our mate, about the people we work with, about our country, about our president, about the different things we hear and the different things we see, if we continue just magnifying and focusing on what we're hearing and on what we're seeing, we will walk under and not above. Now listen to this. The word magnify means to magnify the problem, to exaggerate, to overstate, to overemphasize, to overplay, to dramatize, to inflate, and to make a mountain out of a mohill. Why am I going through this depression? Because you're making a, a little mohill into the size of a mountain. People who exaggerate, people who always concentrate on the negative, are always going to be depressed. It says, magnify the name of Jesus. Don't magnify your sickness, your sins, and your weaknesses. Go ahead and just magnify and rejoice in the power of the blood and the mercy of God that endures forever. And you'll see that what used to be seen so big before you and the enemy keeps throwing before your face will be demolished into nothing and it will be rejected. And Jesus will be the headstone that everything is established on. And what you are designed to build in your life will be established on the foundation of Jesus and everything 
thing that had used to seem so big doesn't seem to be so big anymore. Magnify, to exaggerate, dramatize. It even means to color. It's not dark enough. To make appear larger than it is. How I many know Jesus said, if I be lifted up, he'll draw all men unto him. Amen. Magnify the Lord. Write this down. Magnify the Lord, not your problem. Magnify the Lord, not your problem. The Lord is good. He is El Shaddai. Listen, El Shaddai means that he is resourceful and he is the God of abundance. I want to invite you to stand. Just want you to stand right now. And I want you just right now to shut your eyes to whatever problems been magnified, whatever sound, whatever words you have heard that has discouraged you, that have brought you down. I just want you right now just to close your eyes. And right now, in the name of Jesus, we take captive the magnification, the amplification. The exaggeration, the taking that which is small and making larger than it is. We take it now under the obedience of the power and the name of Jesus Christ. And we come against the mountains. And we come against the self-made mountains. And we come against the mountains because of the circumstances that we see or even now live in. And we command them to be demolished because you said that we're to take the weapons of God and demolish the strongholds to come against the stronghold, to come against the gates of the enemy and declare and decree our freedom and our, our freedom from captivity and our being set forth into a large place in Jesus' name. Now, right now, we take thoughts of every. We take captive of every thought that is victimizing the mind of any believer right now. Listening by internet, who are here present, come against right now any thoughts, every imagination that is trying to victimize and cause the sense of being a victim by enlarging maybe the mate's weaknesses. Enlarging the dislikes of one another. Enlarging the weaknesses and the faults and the failures. When you told us to magnify you in the midst of the storm. Father, I pray right now the grace for your people to be able to endure and praise you out of depression, out of discouragement, out of despair, into your praise and into your glory. I ask you to free us from living a life cycle of amplifying and enlarging and magnifying the things that we have done so in years after years. Thank you for giving us eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord says. Thank you that our spirit is alert and our heart is going after the right things of God. Thank you that we amplify your name, Lord Jesus, because your name is name above every name. Your word is exalted in every circumstance, in every situation. And Lord, we repent 
for magnifying the problem bigger than you. I just pray a peace and a rest and a victory in the life of each and every one here right now this morning. That, Lord, you are restoring marriages. But, Lord, we know that it will come through endurance. It will come through patient trust that you're the God that answers. And you're the God that causes us to win. Lord, I just pray for the faith of each and every one not to fail. Not to grow weary in well-doing. I pray for the mind of each and every one not to faint. To be strong and to endure as Christ endured. Seeing the end result as already accomplished. I praise you for stirring up the spirit of faith here this morning. That we may believe and know that your word is true. And we hold you to your word today, Father. This and now is the time. Our appointed time. To leave here in victory. We pray in Jesus' name. With your eyes closed. Is there anyone here today that you say, my life is not right with God. And I need to make it right. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Anybody at all. Just right there where you are. Just raise your hand. God bless you, sir. I see that hand. Anyone else? Your life is not right with God. You know you got to make it right. Anyone at all? You need to make your life right with God. Lord, you said even those that fear you. God bless you, sis. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. Yes. Get your life right with Him right now. Don't leave here without getting your life right with Him. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of all of my sins. Forgive me for not living acceptable in Your sight. Wash me in your precious blood. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and to be my Savior. Thank you, Lord, for saving me and rescuing me from death, curse, and hell. I praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give the Lord praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and tell him, no matter what it appears like, no matter what it appears like, your victory's coming through. Hallelujah. Brother Jake's going to be dismissing us. I want to invite you back tonight as we continue to study on the letters in the book of Revelation. We love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name. Let's just wait. We'll wait till everybody just leaves. They're in such a hurry. We'll let them go. Everybody's leaving. Are you gone now so we can pray? We're going to lock them doors next week. We're not through. It's amazing how sometimes when some people do that, all of a sudden you feel the anointing drop. I just felt the Spirit of God coming to this place. I just felt the presence of God coming to this place. If you got a pain in your body, put your hand on it right now. Oh, there were some things going on that shouldn't have been happening back there today. But that's gone now, but Jesus Christ and His Spirit is here right now. If you got, if you got something in your body, I want you to put your hand on it right now. 
right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Put your hand right there wherever you have that pain, whatever you're going through. Put your hand on it right now. Oh. <laughs> Woo. Hey. We praise you, Lord, right now. We praise you right now for the breakthrough. Oh, we praise you right now. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. Breakthrough in the lives of your people right now. Right now. Commend that pain. All pain right now. You leave these bodies right now. Pain, I come against you in the authority of Jesus' name. I command you to loose these bodies right now. Loose these breasts. Loose these stomachs. I command every tumor, every heart situation. I command blood pressure to be normal. I come against shorter diabetes. I come against for the lack of memory. I come against... Pain in the joints, yes. Right now, all the pain in the joints. I come against it right now. Oh, in the name of Jesus, right now. I come against, right now, all arthritis. I come against rheumatism. Right now, I come against that pain going up and down that back. Those legs in the left leg right now. I come against that pain going down that left leg. I command it to loose it right now and let them go right now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command you pain. Loose them. Earaches. I come against right now. Earaches. Right now, every earache, I command it to be broken right now. In the name of Jesus. Pain behind the eyes. Pain behind the eyes. Right now, receive it. Holy Spirit says, this is the day now. Right now. In the name of Jesus, receive it right now. All the pain behind the eyes. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, right now, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, every evil report we commanded broken. Broken right now. That you'll go back for a checkup. Your child will go back for a checkup. And he will be totally turned around. Breakthrough! 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 In the name of Jesus. Sinus problem. You're under the curse. We command you right now. All sinus problems... All allergies, we command it to go right now. Leave these children of God right now. We claim the healing power right now. All migraines, migraines command you to go right now. Ulcers, ulcers, I take authority over you. I command ulcers to leave these stomachs in the upper esophagus area. I command it to go right now. We praise you, Lord. Raise your hands and praise them. Go into, let's, let's turn into the house of praise. To the house of praise. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Right now, listen, the compassion of the Lord. I feel the compassion of the Lord for, for those who are fighting very close veins. I, I feel it right now. The Father has heard your cry. He, is, he knows your pain. He wants me to pray over it right now in the name of Jesus. Every person, to the sound of my voice, who are having battles with very close veins... I say in the name of Jesus for them veins to receive their strength and to be unified and, and come the youthfulness to come back into those veins and for the blood to flow and the veins to be brought back to the right size and the right place and to function properly in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Right now, all varicose veins, you must go leave these legs and bodies and I command them to be made whole. Just receive the love of God for you. He's known your suffering in that area. He has seen your pain in that area. In the name of Jesus, be made whole. Be made whole. Be made whole. Right now, be made whole. 
in the name of Jesus be made whole. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He want, yes, He wants you to be healed. He wants you to be healed of that. In the name of Jesus. 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 Growths on your body. I command these growths. Growths on your body right now. I come against all these growths right now. Some things have come out and you're worried about it. You don't know what it is. I command these growths to fall off of you and come no more in Jesus' name. I command them to go. I command you to have the skin as baby skin in Jesus' name. Healing and restoration. Healing and restoration. Healing and restoration. In the name of Jesus. Cataracts, I curse you and I command you in the name of Jesus to fall from their eyes. And I command complete and total healing. I come against vertical problems right now. I come against vertigo. I come against right now a a, a dizziness because of the lack of perception in the eyes. I claim healing in the eyes right now. In the name of Jesus. Receive it, church. Receive it. Healing in the eyes right now. In perception, depth's perception with. I command healing there. Come against the dizziness caused by problems in your eyes. I command them to be made whole in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. I give you glory and I give you praise. I praise you for your anointing. I praise you for the Spirit come upon each and every one right now. I come against the spirit of depression. Yes, I come against all every form of depression and despair right now. I come against every form of being in having the blues. I come against it right now. You spirit of depression, you, we have not received the spirit of sorrow, but joy unspeakable and full of glory. And I break the stronghold of depression. You cannot linger. You cannot abide within the homes of the righteous or the just person. I command that spirit of depression and gloom to go right now. Sorrow to go right now. Lose them and their homes and I claim the peace of God. Peace of God. Peace in who you are. To establish and keep them. And I give you glory. <laughs> and I give you praise. Now just receive it, church. Just receive it. In Jesus' name, receive it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, we just thank you, God, for healing today. Thank you for your spirit and your presence right now, Lord. 